Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 245 6000 That's one 800 245 6000 Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Hello, America, and happy Friday. A lot to talk about today, and I want to dig back into one of the stories that we did earlier this week. It is, I think, one of the more important stories that we've broken in 2022. We're still absorbing the whole Nancy Pelosi stuff that we broke uh, a couple days ago. But on Monday night into Tuesday, we broke the story that the Justice Department, right in the middle of the Russia collusion narrative being unraveled by Devin Nunes in the House Intelligence Committee, well, they subpoenaed the phone records and email records of at least two House Intelligence Committee staffers working for Nunes, essentially eavesdropping on the communications of two staffers working for a member of Congress. Executive branch, legislative branch, supposed to be protected by separations of powers in the Constitution. And a lot of people have weighed in on this revelation over the last several days, all of them concerned, and from many very different perspectives, because there are a lot of people that have weighed in in many different ways, all of them, though, with a serious concern. And today, you're going to hear from three people that I think have brought very different viewpoints, very powerful viewpoints on this. First up, a career 30-year federal prosecutor. He has been, over the last several years particularly, I think one of the most important voices about balancing the law enforcement interests that the DOJ and FBI have with the civil liberty protections that we've long expected were there, but after Russia collusion, after spying on Nunez, and after going after parents at school board meetings and asking Twitter to censor, a lot of people starting to have doubts about those protections and whether they've been blown past by the powers in law enforcement, the Justice Department, and other federal law enforcement agencies that work with and in concert with the Justice Department. So at the top of the podcast, I thought it would be really, I think, a good idea for David Sullivan, former assistant U.S. attorney from Connecticut, one of the most decorated and trusted federal prosecutors, 30 years in the business, now a partner at a major law firm. He's going to come in and tell us his perspective. He has a very interesting perspective. He, defender of the Justice Department and his powers and a longtime ally of the FBI. He, like Kevin Brock, who we've had on the show many times, deep, deep reservations and concerns about what they see, hear, experience, have watched in the Twitter files, in the espionage or the 
eavesdropping on Nunez on, on many of the things that we've learned in the last year. He's going to have a very strong analysis. Then we're going to go to the former Attorney General of the United States, Matt Whitaker. He was a longtime ally and had big hopes for FBI Director Chris Ray. Not so much anymore. Matt Whitaker is turning on the FBI director, very concerned that maybe Chris Ray is not the guy to lead the FBI going forward. You're going to hear him why that is, his reaction to the Twitter censorship and the extraordinary revelation of the Justice Department trying to spy on Devin Nunes' investigators. And then uh, we're going to take you to a constitutional perspective. Alan Dershowitz is a liberal. He would never vote for Donald Trump, though he did defend him during impeachment. But he has some very strong thoughts about the Justice Department. Oh, by the way, by the referral that the January 6th committee made to the Justice Department, and of course, all this censorship stuff that we're learning about the FBI. So we will finish with the one and only Harvard Law Professor Emeritus, constitutional law expert, Alan Dershowitz. So David Sullivan, Matt Whitaker, Alan Dershowitz, back to back to back on a Friday, the Friday before Christmas. By the way, a very special Merry Christmas to you for all who are celebrating this holiday season. It's a blessed time, a time to embrace family and loved ones and friends, to exchange gifts and good food, maybe get a little downtime, and also to just step back for just a moment and appreciate all that is good in our country. Because for every failed disappointment we have in government in Washington and America, there are 10 extraordinary things that we can embrace and say thank you for. And so on behalf of all of the Just the News staff. I want to wish you an early Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We will have a Saturday Christmas Eve special. We're going to do it up big. We're going to go big. You're going to like what we got. But today, we start off with three people, three different perspectives, a former federal prosecutor, former attorney general, current constitutional legal scholar, all three with grave, grave concerns about what we've learned about over the last few weeks about the Justice Department, the FBI, the overreach, the intrusion on civil liberties and privacy, and separation of powers, and of course, freedom of speech. So David Sullivan, followed by Matt Whitaker, and finishing up with my good friend Alan Dershowitz, back to back to back on Friday, December 23rd, two days before that great holiday that we celebrate known as Christmas. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll start off our conversations with David X. Sullivan, former assistant U.S. attorney, significantly respected prosecutor across this entire country. We'll have that right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. 
Hey folks, John Solomon here from John Solomon Reports. I'm proud to be on the iHeartRadio app every day with my podcast, with the news that we bring, the exclusive interviews. And you know what else is great? You can listen to any iHeartRadio station anywhere in the country inside this free app. I used to listen to all sorts of radio on my AM or FM radio. Today, I don't have time to be in the car that often. You know where I listen? I listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's awesome. And they have some really cool new features, unlike anything else in the market. One of them is called Talk Back Mic. Anytime I have something to say, I tap the mic and send my voice message and then listen to hear my voice on one of my favorite shows. Isn't that cool? You can send a message to your favorite disc jockey, your favorite podcast show host. So be sure to download the iHeart app radio. If you don't have it right now, the iHeart radio app is a winner. Be sure to download the free iHeart radio app today and start streaming your favorite radio stations, your favorite podcasts, and your favorite music playlists right from the iHeart radio app. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. There has been so much news over the last few weeks about the FBI, the Justice Department, the state of civil liberties in America, particularly involving those particular agencies. I thought there'd be no better voice than someone who put 30 years in in service of his government as an assistant U.S. attorney, one of the most respected federal prosecutors I know, 30 years in the business and always doing it right. And now a partner at the McCarter and English Law Firm. Joining me right now, it's been a few months since we last said him on David X. Sullivan. David, great to have you on the show. John, it is always a pleasure. Excuse my voice. Um, it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> you don't sound that bad at all. We sound great. And with your wisdom, we're going to be excited about today. I want to take you to a couple of things that we've been writing about, talking about. A lot of people have been surprised by it. There was a revelation on Tuesday that the Justice Department in the fall of 2017, right as the House Intelligence Committee was beginning to unravel some of the issues that we now know are famously associated with the Russia collusion case, the omissions and lies to the FISA court, the Hillary Clinton funding of the dossier, things like that, that in the midst of those dramatic revelations when House Intelligence Committee investigators in private were starting to learn about some of the misdeeds and misconduct and failures in that investigation, the Justice Department issued a grand jury subpoena to obtain the phone and email records of at least two of the top investigators for Congressman Devin Nunes. And I think a lot of people had a lot of questions about that. You know, people like Devin Nunes feel very aggrieved by this and said, hey, I feel like they're spying on me. Jim Jordan, the incoming House committee chairman, says, I'm going to be investigating this. But You've had to make decisions like this. You know how the Justice Department works. When you heard this and you see this, what's your first thoughts? John, I don't know how that Justice Department works. I don't know how Maine Justice, and I'm assuming working with the FBI, decided. And I, I'd love to know who's responsible, who made this decision at Maine Justice uh, to get these subpoenas and ask for this information for investigators from this House intelligence community back in 2017. Um, that was actually during um, the beginning of the, you know, well, uh, the last, the last, um, um, you, you know, presidential uh, cycle. And this, you know, Maine Justice is part of the executive branch. And the FBI, since 9 11, when they, you know, they had sharp elbows, they wanted, uh, you know, uh, all of the counter um, terrorism responsibilities, even though DHS, Department of Homeland Security, was created. And uh, these revelations, along with the revelations that Elon Musk 
has brought to light recently by purchasing Twitter and, and lifting the curtain um, are very disturbing. Uh, I, I thought back and immediately I thought, who, who, who knew that I'd be longing for the days of director, um, FBI director Louis Frey, which was so long ago. I mean, what has happened to the FBI? And um, you know, it doesn't surprise me at Maine Justice that regardless of administration changes, there really tru- truly are levels and uh, layers of administration that uh, survive regardless of what administration, Republican or Democrat, that come in. The abuses are frightening. And the fact that they are, quote, so proactive in this regard, and they weren't just asking for you know, uh, you know, just email addresses. They were looking for everything. They were looking for how these, um, uh, you know, uh, individuals were paying. So you're, you're starting to get into bank records and you're starting to get into credit cards. You're getting into phone records. I mean, this was extremely intrusive. And what was the basis that prompted them to do this? I don't know. This concerns me greatly. I think this is why the American people have great distrust and uncertainty when it comes to, you know, the administration of justice. And I know that there are people on the right that say there are two tiers of justice, one for them and one for us. And sadly, all you have to do, and I, you know, Hunter Biden's situation, Tony Bobulinski has spoken on television a few times and said, I have emails, I have metadata, I have calendars, I have phone records, I have everything. He walked into the FBI uh, in October of, of 2020 after Joe Biden the night before had said during one of the debates that he had no uh, contact with Hunter Biden or involvement with his business dealings. And Tony Bobulinski spent five hours with them and said <laughs> quite the opposite. And, and in fact, he claims that James Biden called him during that meeting. And since that time, the FBI has, has turned a blind eye to Tony Bobulinski and all of this. So I do hope he gets in front of Congress very quickly. But, you know, I don't mean to stray. But the point is, the FBI has been interfering in many things. And when I learned that James Baker uh, and you had emails between uh, um, Sussman and James Baker, and, and how Sussman had access to the Bureau, which was incredible because after 9-11, when I was working down there, uh, I'd be walking in and out of these doors every day. And every day I'd be going through metal detectors and producing credentials. And it appeared that Sussman had, had easier access than, than DOJ employees. So this is very frightening. And then you find out that Baker's with uh, Twitter and, you know, he's uh, doing something um, as far as you know, potentially covering tracks. That's not what the FBI is. That's not what the FBI should be. And unfortunately, that's what the FBI has become. And it's time to make some serious changes. We need the FBI. And there are many good people at the FBI. And I love how people always qualify how great the FBI you know, rank and file is right after they're about to or right before they're about to go after uh, the leadership. Uh, I don't know Christopher Ray. We have never met. Um, I think there's great accountability that 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 must be uh, addressed. And I think it, it appears to me that it's been very cavalier in the Bureau's response to all of this, and something has to be done. And John, fortunately, uh, through your program, and there's so few of them like your program, most of the major networks brush over all of this. And 
anyone who's watching those networks really needs to do more. Um, we're a country that you can have difference of opinion, but make it an informed opinion. But when people aren't providing you with the information to make an informed opinion, that's when, you know, you know, our, 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 you know, constitutional framework is, is in jeopardy. There have clearly been abuses. We're about to watch Title 42 disappear next week. There are other, there are other remedies. Uh, available even without Title 42. I have friends who've been on television, former agents talking about the fentanyl crisis and uh, the national security crisis that the southwest border or lack thereof presents to, to us as a nation and as a people. Um, 86,000 more FBI agents uh, up aside from what we have right now, but there are only 15,000 border agents right now, and they're not being allowed to do their job and execute the laws of this country. So the fact that the FBI is doing all of this and interfering with elections, and we can go back to the Mueller report and, and the five, you know, 17 errors and omissions on the three FISA court applications for those warrants uh, for the Trump campaign and for Carter Page. I mean, all of this is terribly troubling. I, I have family that are retired career FBI, and they are so troubled by all of these allegations and have been for a long time. You can go back to Director James Comey admitting that he leaked to a friend at Columbia who then provided classified information to the New York Times. Um, the fact that the Washington Post has leaked the last few weeks that Indeed, there was nothing um, of any great consequence at Mar-a-Lago. Well, somebody's leaking that. And you're, you're, the FBI and the, uh, the Department of Justice are the ones that executed the warrants. So the information comes presumptively from them. Uh, I don't know where else it would, where it would come from. So uh, I hope the American people have a wonderful holiday. But they under, have to understand it's all right to have a difference of opinion, but we have to agree on some things. And it starts with our Constitution and our children have to learn more about and be more concerned about what pronouns they use and learn what a pronoun is. And they need to know what our Constitution is and what it does for them. And perhaps a few uh, more courses on the Constitution aided by the Federalist Papers to give people some insight as to what the framers would, were thinking would be very helpful. It really would be. And there's a moment as we're looking out at these things, most people who become lawyers get a really good grounding in the law. And they know that the law is clear and the Constitution is clear. The government can't infringe free speech. It's also clear that the founders intended that there be separation of powers between the executive branch and the congressional branch, particularly when it comes to oversight matters, which the founding fathers empowered Congress to have. The idea that the FBI put out a statement yesterday responding to the Twitter file saying, this is just normal business. You're making a big deal out of nothing. Wait a second. You're, you're, you're infringing our speech. When did that become normal business? And then the second thing, there's been a pretty strong silence from the Justice Department, but many lawyers from Alan Dershowitz on the left to conservatives on the right said, hey, this subpoena 
clearly intruded on the separation of powers. The idea that people who went to law school, who clearly know the Constitution, are so cavalier about that. It's one of the, I think the, of the reaction to these two stories is weak. That's been the, the, the response I've gotten from so many people on different ideological perspectives. Hey, when did the separations of power and free speech become such a low-level issue? Do you think we need to take a pause, a stop moment in this country and remind people that those are two of the most important things our founding fathers gave us? Um, I believe we should do that all the time. But unfortunately, uh, people are being taught right now that our way of life, our government, even though all these people are, want to come into this country every day because the freedoms that that American citizens enjoy, uh, there are so many that are detractors and uh, trying to, you know, portray this country as something that it is not. But, you know, I think, you know, John, it's very important to remember as the FBI issues that statement yesterday, look at how many whistleblowers, how many FBI agents um, have, we'll say, lawyered up and they are coming forward and telling their stories because they have been witness to the abuses within, you know, the Federal Bureau of Investigation and they love the Bureau and they love this country. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do that. So I applaud them. And I think that um, when we learn more about what they have to say, I think we have to be, you know, be prepared to act accordingly. Uh, I think that um, the FBI needs a, a new mission statement, one that is clearer and more defined and uh, one that the American people can believe in and trust. Yeah, that's exactly it. Maybe just reminding people what the FBI should and shouldn't do and reminding the FBI what it should and shouldn't do would be a good starting point to just start to get this conversation going. A lot of people have asked this, and sometimes it feels like in the first row, this is down in the weeds, but it may have a much more important distinction. A lot of the former federal prosecutors have called me the last couple of days, and some of the FBI agents have called me, said, hey, there's an oddity in the fact that the Justice Department used a grand jury to go get phone records that normally you use a search warrant, which requires a judge's approval, and that gives an extra layer of judicial review. Is it unusual to see phone records, particularly when it involves executive branch going after Congress, going through a grand jury and not a judge in a search warrant? This entire thing is unusual, John. I will tell you, if they used a grand jury, then they have, in fact, opened a grand jury investigation. Um, so that is a big difference. Uh, if you went to a judge at this point, you would have to have an affiant. You would have to have an agent come in and essentially uh, swear to uh, a narrative that demonstrates that they have probable cause and are entitled uh, to get this warrant and get that information. They've chosen to do this. And uh, so perhaps they don't really have as much probable causes at the moment uh, as they need. But to open a grand jury investigation when this really, really just runs into a wall of the separation of powers um, it is very interesting. And we'll see where this goes, uh, if it goes anywhere. Uh, the fact that the Department of Justice has nothing to say and the Bureau is uh, making light of this. Um, well, I, I hope more people uh, within the, the FBI come forward and, and have a story to tell, because this is not what the FBI was intended for. Uh, the FBI was there to protect us. And uh, now what they're doing is they're interfering in our way of life and our elections. And quite frankly, um, it looks like with these um, subpoenas looking to you know, perhaps spy 
on uh, Devin Nunes's um, House Intelligence Committee, but also potentially to target and or intimidate um, those investigators. That was a lot of information that they were looking for. Uh, I mean, um, it, you know, the question is why? What's the motivation? What is the compelling law enforcement interest in seeking that information? And somebody needs to answer that question and somebody needs to be held accountable. But these days, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's very easy to be cynical and say that people are not being held accountable and uh, people are not being identified. And, you know, uh, you know, detractors want to say, oh, this is just the conspiracy theorists. Well, I think Elon Musk has demonstrated that uh, much of the concern of the American people uh, was certainly justified and that big tech uh, and these companies are extremely powerful. And now with just a uh, subpoena, uh, law enforcement agencies can access a lot of information about, you know, American citizens and, you know, in a very pretextual uh, and very effortless way. And, and that's very disturbing. Yeah, there's just no doubt about it. It's really across ideological spectrum. It's really interesting. I think a lot of people in Washington always look at this as a red blue issue, but you have, you know, Alan Dershowitz on one side and, and then you've got a career guy like Kevin Brock, FBI guy. And then you got, you know, conservatives like Jim Jordan and they all are saying the same thing, which is no matter what side of the political aisle, this doesn't feel right. There's something not right about this. And I think that's an extraordinary moment for people to take a quick pause and say, we should listen to sage voices like this. It's not a red issue. It's not a blue issue. It's a red, white, and blue issue. Uh, this is where, yeah, this is America. And um, I think these people forget, you know, what this country is founded on and the liberties that so many fought for and continue to fight for on behalf of all of us. And um, it's very unfortunate, but I, I have found myself uh, over the last few years, um, uh, very much in agreement with Professor Dershowitz, which many years ago, if you'd asked me, I <laughs> I don't think that would have been the case. But now when he speaks, I listen. I certainly listen and I do agree with him uh, for the most part. I truly do. And, uh, you know, I think that that um, that's been to his detriment socially and otherwise he's lost a lot of friends. But uh, he is a man of, of great intelligence and understands the law. And he certainly understands the Constitution and the separation of powers. And I, I, I hope more people do. He's so interesting, too. And I think he reminds us there was a time not that long ago in our history where people could set aside their political beliefs to say, listen, this is an American issue. It's a law issue. It doesn't matter that I don't. And, you know, he says every time, even when he says something that defends something for President Trump, I didn't vote for President Trump. I don't like the guy. I don't want him to be president. But you can't do this against them and that against them. The idea that someone could set aside their politics to make a rational evaluation of what law and facts say. That used to be the norm in Washington or norm in our country. And now it seems like it's a refreshing abnormality when it happens. And I think we need more people like you and Professor Dershowitz who just look at the law and the facts and leave the politics at the door. You can always have your politics, but not when you're analyzing the law. And I think that's what makes him so, so unique. I want to step back for one last big picture question. So we had Jim Jordan on the TV show last night, he made clear, we're going to look at the subpoena. They're looking at the phone records and email of Devin Nunes' staff. We're going to look at the censorship. We're going to look at 
what these whistleblowers are saying. So it's a very broad investigation. He suggested something that a lot of people are starting to fall in love with across the political spectrum, that maybe it's time like we had in the 1970s to create a church style committee that's more than just Congress, more than R and D's fighting with each other, a group of people across many political spectrums and expertise to come in and say, as you mentioned, maybe restate the mission of the FBI so it's clear and it doesn't stray into other areas. Could you imagine at this moment, with all the issues now out there, a bipartisan church committee perhaps helping America sort through these issues and get the FBI and DOJ back on the right track? I think that would be excellent. I I, I think that when you look at things like the January 6th um, select committee, um, <laughs> that was a foregone conclusion. If, if you follow Congress, you know exactly where that was going. That's all I'll say about that. I would never disagree with Jim Jordan. He looks like one tough son of a gun, and I know he was a collegiate wrestler, and he's going to be a warrior as, as a committee chairman. And, and um, if he's talking about doing something like that, I hope people listen, because I think it's important. Anytime we can bring more people into the conversation, um, you know, it's really hard to say that uh, you didn't have a voice. So let's do that. I, I mean, never be afraid of the truth, whether it is um, you know, the Hunter Biden story or what the FBI is doing or anyone. Never be afraid of the truth. We should always pursue the truth and seek justice. And as a prosecutor, I believe that. And I still believe that the pursuit of the truth um, to seek justice. So I, I hope the American people uh, will embrace that idea because I think it's a very positive one. And um, the problem is with some of these committees, everyone likes to make a big statement. And by the time I remember seeing Bill Barr testify and I'm waiting to hear him testify and every member of the, uh, of the committee had to make a statement. And the poor man, he, I, he really didn't say very much during the, during the hearing. And when he said something someone didn't like, they, they, they reclaimed their time. I, I mean, it's very infuriating. So perhaps uh, 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 what what Congressman uh, Jordan suggests, perhaps that's a very good route to pursue. Yeah. I've been blessed. I've been in this country 30 years, and I get to drive by that Justice Department building quite frequently. And there is that extraordinary motto in Latin on the building. And it's a reminder, it's the only cabinet agency that was founded not on a mission or a responsibility, but on a value. It reads the Latin version of who prosecutes on behalf of justice. Justice was the value that our country wanted when they created this cabinet agency, unlike the transportation department where they're talking about you know, doing transportation. It's the one cabinet agency built on a principle and value. And I think this year have an opportunity to remind people that maybe get it back into the value system. David, it is such an honor to have you on the show every time you bring such sage wisdom. You've been so accomplished in your career as a lawyer and a prosecutor. And I know when people hear from you, they can trust what you say because you've been on the front lines of all of these great fights. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I can't wait to get you back on the show next year. John, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. But you keep fighting and you keep talking, and I want more people to keep listening. Uh, we need people to make informed decisions. God bless you. You as well, sir. Thank you so much, and thanks for joining us. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Amanda and I had a great conversation with former Attorney General Matt Whitaker. He's up next right after the commercial break. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. 
Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now is the former acting attorney general of the United States and current host of Liberty and Justice with Matt Whitaker. General, it's great to have you here with us tonight. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. I wanted to ask you, I know you saw John's report from justthenews.com yesterday regarding uh, what essentially is spying on people like Cash Patel, Devin Nunes, as they are investigating the investigators. Your first reaction to that? Well, you know, it was interesting because my first reaction is this is something I'd kind of heard of. If you think about when this subpoena was sent, it was right after I got to the Department of Justice as chief of staff. And so it was kind of, you know, obviously it had been in the works and this controversy uh, had been going on. It was something actually I was coming to Maine Justice to, you know, sort of get my arms around just the general management and how uh, the deputy attorney general's office and the attorney general's office were interacting and communicating. You know, obviously I had heard the story uh, about about the threat uh, that John mentioned about uh, the deputy attorney general who was acting for the purposes of the Mueller investigation uh, had made to Devin Nunes and Cash Patel and others about issuing subpoenas to them. And, um, you know, little did I know, and I I never did hear about what we just learned, which is that those subpoenas had already gone out and the deputy attorney general had uh, slipped up and actually told uh, the targets of the subpoenas that they were being subpoenaed. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. Matt, I love your show. And uh, because the two words that you most wrap around liberty and justice, I think, are two of the most imperiled values we have in America right now. When you see an FBI that had no 
predisposition to even think that it was wrong to censor American speech when you see a Justice Department spying on a congressional oversight committee. It seems like some of those bright line law and order rules that you abided by as a U.S. attorney, as chief of staff, as attorney general, they seem to, some people don't seem to regard them anymore. Where did we lose our guardrails like this? I don't know. You know, the Department of Justice is the only institution in the United States government that is named after a value, not a function. And um, I think sometimes the people at the Department of Justice forget uh, that it's not about winning cases, that it's about doing justice, that it's about wearing the white hat every day, uh, you know, uh, fighting on behalf of the victims of crimes, uh, on behalf of the American people. And so there's, um, I think it's just human nature sometimes to to unfortunately forget uh, the mission of the Department of Justice. And we've seen so many examples, John, and, and you've cataloged so many of them uh, as the really the first person that, you know, found out about many of this these misdeeds. And it's just, it's a shame. But I think ultimately, uh, you know, we need new leadership at the FBI. Uh, you know, I've known Chris Ray for a long time. I had great hopes in him uh, turning that institution around. Obviously, I just don't think uh, he's been able to accomplish it. I think he has uh, built loyalty uh, for himself, uh, for the by, you know the men and women of of the FBI by be, you know fighting on their behalf and being on their team. Uh, but you know you need somebody go, that can go in there and actually reform the institution. And you know I, I don't think Chris is the person to do it. You know, and ultimately uh, at the Department of Justice, you know, I, I think John that they've also uh, under Merrick Garland, uh, they've been free uh, freed from a lot of the oversight um, that that the Republicans and the Trump administration uh, tried to place on them. And you know, now that there's no congressional oversight as well, I think they're in for a rude awakening here come 2023. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, and the, these are organizations who just 50 years ago during the Church Commission had, you know, a, a magnifying glass on them and their conduct. And here we are in 2022 seeing uh, similar thuggish type tactics. How do you how do you fix it? I mean, is this a situation where we need something like that again? Do we break it up and sell it for parts? What's the remedy? I, I think I resist those that want to split it up or somehow take it apart. I think if you know anything about the institution in Washington, D.C., if you were to separate the function of the FBI, they would just each grow exponentially bigger as they required, uh, in their terms, more resources to accomplish more of their mission. So I don't think that's the thing. I think maybe one of the things we need to do is a little more political oversight. You know, of the 30 or 40,000 employees at the Department of uh, at the FBI, there's only one political appointee in the entire institution. I think a, a little more uh, political um, responsibility would be good, and uh, you know, because ultimately, you know, the president uh, is the one that has to, you know, win or lose an election. But those political appointees and and what they do in those roles reflects on that president. So I think there's a potential that maybe a little more, um, you know, political oversight would be helpful at the FBI um, or, uh, you know, the FBI reports into the deputy attorney general, having a deputy attorney general that isn't so distracted um, with the other hundred plus direct reports 
that that deputy attorney general can take command and control uh, and spend more time uh, working on the FBI. Because, again, the rank and file of the FBI, we've talked about this before uh, on this show, is, you know, they're they're great men and women. And most of them just want to stay in the field and do cases and prosecute bad guys and defend our country's national security. It's the ones that are politically ambitious that want to go to Washington, D.C. and be part of management uh, that ultimately have, uh, you know, caused many of these problems that we see uh, manifesting almost every day. Yeah, you're right, Matt. The, uh, the rank and file are amazing people, and I've gotten to meet so many of them over the years. They do their job, and they're proud to do it, and they play by the rules. And it's the uh, it's the majority of a few that have ruined so much of this uh, uh, the last few years. I want to ask you about uh, Merrick Garland's decision to pick Jack Smith as a special yep. counsel to investigate Donald Trump. Your thoughts on his qualifications and the political aura around him. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, this is what they did with, you know, Bob Mueller and every other one of these special counsels. You know, they paint them to be more than they really are. All it is is they're trying to insulate Merrick Garland and the decision he's going to have to make as it relates to whether or not to prosecute Donald Trump. You know, the, I, I guess Merrick Garland, if I'm him today, I'd be a little upset with, uh, you know, my fellow Democrats in, this, in the House where they, you know, recommended uh, charges as it relates to January 6th. He already had given that investigation to Jack Smith as special counsel. And now it's completely uh, politically tainted uh, by the House, you know, unselect committee weighing in on that. So I think ultimately uh, Merrick Garland can't shake this off. The decision is and is always going to be his decision. I don't think there's evidence to bring a case against Donald Trump, uh, but that appears to be um, not the decision that's going to be made here. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I think it's better off just to let the American people make that decision in 2024 um, as to, you know, whether or not Donald Trump is and should be president of the United States. Yeah, great point. yeah and, and speaking of folks like Jack Smith, I wanted to ask you, because it seems like more and more these days, increasingly, um, the, the lines have been blurred between intelligence community folks, whether it's the FBI, but also in conjunction with the DOJ. Um, my concern, and we've seen this all across the country, whether it's local police departments, whether it's state forces and law enforcement across the board, recruiting has been down. As you were just saying, and as we all agree, the rank and file members of the FBI, they are fine, upstanding men and women who, who seek justice every day. It seems to me that there is going to be an issue in the future as far as the type of person that these jobs attract when you see this behavior so prevalent. Yeah, it, you know, the, the FBI has fundamentally changed who they're recruiting to start with. You're seeing a lot more lawyers and accountants and, and language specialists just because of the, the threats and the, what crime is today. Uh, but at the same time, those struggles that you're seeing in the local police departments uh, across our country and sheriff's departments across our country. And I've talked with many of these folks uh, about these challenges um, over the last several years, um, those challenges are going to trickle up because, you know, that those police officers ultimately become the criminal investigators uh, in federal law enforcement. Um, and so I think that's going to be a challenge. I also think it's just a, a, the law enforcement across the board has been demoralized. You know, the left's policies have completely, um, you know, blamed the police uh, at every turn. And I think that has uh, created, um, you know, a, a real uh, downstroke in the mood of law enforcement. I mean, again, these people are fighting through it. I talk to them all the time. They're just they're, they just want to be left 
to do the job and to let justice fall where it may, let the process and the, and the, and the institutions work instead of politicians putting their thumbs on the scales of justice. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited ultimately about uh, where the FBI could go under new leadership, uh, but it's going to take a lot of work uh, to bring it back. All right, guys, we've got one more to go. He's worth waiting for. The one, the only, Alan Dershowitz. He spent some time with Amanda and I on the show this past week. Some very big thoughts about the January 6th committee referral, the FBI censorship activities at Twitter and Facebook and other places, and, of course, the idea that the Justice Department would spy on a congressional committee's investigators under the direction of Devin Nunes. Three big issues that have a lot of Americans concerned. Alan Dershowitz is going to put the legal perspective on all of that right after this commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Alan Dershowitz, Harvard professor emeritus and the author of one of my favorite books, A Must Read, The Price of Principle. Alan, glad to have you back in the United States. Welcome. 
Yeah, it's great to be back. Happy Hanukkah to everybody and almost Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Good to have you on. Not a merry day for Donald Trump. A, a pretty dramatic moment today. Uh, the January 6th committee referring him to the Justice Department for incitement and other things. I want to get your thoughts on the rationale that Congress is using to request this investigation. In my view, it's clearly unconstitutional under three provisions of the Constitution. First, Article One limits the power of Congress to legislative actions. This is not a legislative action. Naming a specific individual, referring him to the Justice Department is not legislative. It, it, it uh, tramples on the authority of the executive branch. Second, the Constitution specifically prohibits bills of attainder. Those were the old parliamentary rules where they named specified individuals and prosecuted them. And the spirit of that prohibition uh, applies to voting to name a specific individual referring to Congress. And then finally, the 14th Amendment provides one specific time when Congress may, in fact, act against an individual. And that is if the person was engaged in insurrection or rebellion, like in the Civil War, and they didn't act under that provision. So in my view, it violates both the letter and the spirit of the Constitution to make these kinds of referrals in the Justice Department or to ignore them. Alan, I, I love the name of your book, The Price of Principle, because you are principled. Um, I, I know from comments you've made on this show that you uh, did not support Donald Trump in any presidential elections, but you still stand up for these constitutional issues. The Constitution um, is found- important partisanship. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. It's much more important than any party or even any specific candidate. What do you expect to transpire after these official referrals? Oh, nothing. I think the Justice Department will be polite and accept them uh, and then go on with its own investigation. Remember, they now have a special counsel. They have the ability to investigate. They have a much higher standard of prosecution than Congress does. And so they will politely ignore what Congress has said. And Congress knows that. You know, Jamie Raskin, my former student, used to teach constitutional law. He, he understands everything I've just said, but he puts partisanship before principle and before the Constitution. And, uh, you know, he's prepared to uh, fly in the face of the Constitution in order to get Trump, as so many others uh, today are willing to do. And the, the victims are the American public or protected by the Constitution, you know, and, and we need to be protected by the Constitution because we're seeing the law weaponized. And, and once the Republicans get power, they'll probably do some of the same things. So the American public has to be protected against the weaponization of our legal system for partisan purposes. Yeah, such an important thing. I want to keep that line of thought open. At the top of the show, Alan, we broke a story. Google has now made public grand jury subpoenas showing that in the, uh, December of 17, while Devin Nunes was beginning to build the case of FD, against the FBI for the abuses that went on in Russia collusion, that the Justice Department used grand jury uh, subpoenas to get the email and phone records of Summer Nunes's staffers uh, so they could eavesdrop on what they were working on. Your thoughts on the Justice Department knowing that we were being investigated by Nunes using a subpoena to target his own people? Well, again, it's a violation of the separation of powers. Look, our frame is specifically separated legislative, executive, and judicial powers, and now we're seeing all kinds of efforts to overcome them. Like Congress uh, is independent and has the right to investigate, and the Justice Department shouldn't be investigating the investigators unless there is fairly substantial proof of, of criminal conduct. So we don't know the whole story yet, but 
I'm very suspicious of subpoenas being issued by the grand jury. By the way, the subpoenas are really issued by prosecutors. They right. just sign, but they're issued by prosecutors uh, against somebody who is investigating the FBI. That just doesn't pass the smell test. Alan, we have seen, especially over the last six months, we've seen multiple instances of the federal government working in concert with uh, big tech. And this, I think, is just the latest example. And I hate to ask such a rudimentary question, but uh, what's the constitutionality of this? Is it a violation of a Fourth Amendment? Well, it's a double violation. Uh, First of all, um, the government should never put its thumb on the scale of what private social media do. And they do it in a non-transparent way. So they deny the public the right to hold them accountable. And then they circumvent the First Amendment. And obviously, when we get the subpoenas to the Fourth Amendment, for partisan purposes or for ideological purposes, that doesn't have to be partisan. There are a lot of Republicans that are also out to get Trump, but they think Trump is different and that it's okay to violate the Constitution to prevent him from running for office. Look, I don't want to vote for him the next time around, but I want him to be able to run if he wins the nomination without interference by bureaucrats, Justice Department officials, or members of Congress. You know, Alan, you have done such a good job over the last year of showing the many times that politics has trumped principle. And you now think about the Congress is sending a referral. No, it's not constitutional. The Justice Department spying on a branch. No, it's not supposed to spy on. How do we wind back the mentality so that the rule of law becomes preeminent and not the rule of politics? Well, it's very hard. It used to be the American Civil Liberties Union that would do those assurances. It used to be the academy that would do that. And today, the academy is part of the problem. You get professors who are prepared to trash the Constitution to get their goals achieved. My former colleague, Lawrence Tribe, he urged the Justice Department to indict President Trump for the attempted murder of Vice President Pence. I mean, has anybody ever made such an argument regarding stretching the law of attempt that doesn't begin to cover that kind of conduct? And so, you know, we we need shows like yours that are objective and neutral and 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 uh, defend the Constitution because you can't count on the academy. You can't count on the biased media. You can't count on the American Civil Liberties Union. And we have to count on the voice of the people. And there have to be enough people who care about protecting the Constitution more than they do about protecting their own party or their own ideology. Alan, we've just got about a minute left. I know that there are actually numerous members of Congress who were your students in the past. What is it like to see, in this instance, Jamie Raskin going against so many of the principles that you taught? You know, I helped represent Jamie Raskin's father many, many years ago when he was indicted uh, for the Dr. Spock 5 uh, anti-Vietnam. And, you know, he comes from a very left-wing family. He was a left-wing student in my class. I enjoy that. I enjoy having on the one hand a Jamie Raskin and the other hand a Ted Cruz in the class and, you know, let them fight it out and I'll be the umpire and just ask hard questions (laughs) of both. It was a great privilege and thrill 50 years to teach the future leaders of America. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey, don't go anywhere. We've got some more good programming this weekend. Christmas Eve, we're going to do a special for Saturday and Sunday. You may get it on Sunday, you may get it Saturday, whatever you download it. But we've got some great guests back-to-back. Congressman Jim Jordan, soon to be the chairman of House Judiciary, got some big announcements to make. You're not going to want to miss that. 
Andy Biggs, the man challenging Kevin McCarthy for speakership, also an important voice on the House Judiciary Committee. He's going to be joining us. The Attorney General of the great state of Texas, Ken Paxton, a mover and a shaker using federalism and state rights. He's joining us. Congressman Austin Scott, always a joy to talk about, always has big ideas, big picture stuff in the world of the military security, national security, food security, financial security. We're going to have him up as well. And then the Attorney General from Indiana, Todd Rakita, really great conversation with him. Rakita and Paxton particularly are leading the charge of federalism. Going to be a great conversation with him. So tune in tomorrow. We'll have a great edition. Until then, God bless you. I hope you're getting prepared for the great Christmas holiday weekend. And we're so grateful you took some time to spend it with us and the Just the News family. God bless you. Good night. We'll be back tomorrow with our holiday edition. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists show your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor Advise Fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News.